Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill Smith. And this is a podcast about all of the dumb things that people will do for love. Welcome to episode 13. Ooh, it's a spooky number, but... It's a spooky episode. It is. Well, no. Is it? It's just an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Unlucky things will happen on this episode, (laughs) but it's not a spooky, spooky episode. Oh, man. How was your week? Um, It was good. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just soaking up my last days before I have to go to work. Oh, man. I wish I could say the same. Yeah. I'm going to a big comedy festival this weekend. Oh, it's a festival? Yeah. What is it? It's called uh, Brouhaha. It's in Cincinnati. Nice. And it's super fun. It's just, um, I've been going every year since like 2009. Maybe. Really? And cool. um, it's mostly local Cincinnati comedians, and then they always bring in, like, some really fun headliners, and then big headliners, like Jay Moore is headlining one night, and this other guy, Preacher Lawson? Well, I don't yeah, know. yeah. Okay, so he's headlining the other night. He's great. And then, like, Chad Daniels and Kevin Bozeman and Cy Edmondson, and most years, like, and then a lot of people who are from Cincinnati will all come back in. So it's like a... It's just like a fun reunion weekend every year. Um, and it's a beer festival also, and then outdoor comedy, which is sounds horrible and usually is, but um, party time. It's yeah, it's a really fun. Like. I'm very excited to um, be in a hotel room by myself for a couple of days. Oh, that's the dream. Yeah. Um, what about you? But it's so funny you bring up comedy festivals because I don't know if I've mentioned it before on the <laughs> podcast or not. But I do uh, co-produce a festival with, uh, it's called Red Clay Comedy Festival with Mike Alvarez and Gilbert Lowen. And our tickets are on sale and they're selling like hotcakes because our lineup this year is insane. It is not insane. We've got Maria Bamford. We've got Roy Scovel. We've got Janelle James, who I love. Oh and then God. we've got Shane Moss. And Dave Waite and Steph Tollov. And we have a magician. We have a magician. Like, yeah. it's a magician comedian, and it's really funny. And it's, it's like an adult thing. I love like, it. And so um, – um, I'm sorry. I feel like you're missing a name. Sally Brooks. And Sally Brooks. <laughs> Sally Brooks. Yes. I don't think we talked about last time because our, our lineup hadn't been announced Oh, I know. Yet, I didn't know I was uh, Yeah. So Sally Brooks will be on the festival. So that's, this is a great time to come check out her comedy, and I will be there as well. I don't know if I'll be performing or not because I'll be running around like a maniac, but I'll be there, and so will Sally. Yeah. You can I definitely see Sally doing stand-up. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a comedy festival, but it is – well, when they're so fun because you get to see so many amazing comedians yeah. in one place, and it is so much work. I have your uh, one of my couple friends who run comedy festivals, like really good big ones, and yeah. it is amazing how much work. I'm so amazed by how much work you are putting into this, and it is. I just know it's going to be great, and um, and yeah, I, I'm so excited, and we're going to have the best time, and you guys should come too. You can check us out and get tickets at redclaycomedy.com. Yes. You could also buy individual tickets for the headliners through the Earl's website. Okay. Um, which is where the headliner shows will be, but um, redclaycomedy.com is a great place to get all of your passes. Yeah, and if you're in Atlanta, it's here. And if you're not in Atlanta, it's an excuse to come to Atlanta. Like, exactly. Atlanta is a cool city. 
Yeah. It is also my one-year anniversary of living in Atlanta. Dude. I mean, not exactly today. A couple days ago, I just kind of forgot. That's but, awesome. Yeah, I've been here a year, and I feel like it's like our best move that we've made. Yeah. Yeah. That's Oh, yeah, because we just had our Facebook friend anniversary. We did. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe it's only been a year. I know. Seems like a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry, Jen. No, a good lifetime. A good lifetime. Like a lifetime of happiness. Yes. Um, Should we do our quickies? Let's do our quickies. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to start this week. Uh, so this is another um, – this story came to me by way of my brother, Bobby. Bob, uh, shout Bobby. out to Bobby. He actually sent me my quickie last week, too. He's, he's on it. He's like, Bobby, I got some good ones for you. Spread the love. I know. I'll send some, Well, <laughs> actually, Ben has been – he's been getting me some good yeah. ones, too. <laughs> he just, like, has, like, you know, he doesn't have – Kids, he's got. He's like a single. He's got free time, he dude. Yeah, he's like internet. living his the dream, and he's like, hey, I've got stories for you. So he sent me um, this one. Um, so what's okay? Let me just start out by asking you, what is your like prized possession? Like, not a fa- you can't say a person, you can't say a family member, you can't say any like you can't say Max. Okay, um, it has to be like a thing. It is my phone. <laughs> Your phone? Yeah. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, okay. it's the thing that I am like... You can't live without. I I mean, I could, but I don't want to. And I knew it was like my prized possession the first time I dropped it and it shattered and I started crying. Aww. And I don't really cry much about much. And I was like, <gasps> my baby, you know. So yeah. that is like, I'm Probably sad to it. admit that, but... Yeah. Yeah. That's- you know, I tried to think of like what mine would be, and um, I don't. Well, this is I th- this is technically a person. I had this necklace. I have this necklace, but I thought I lost it the other day, and I was hysterical. Yeah. But it's a necklace that has my grandmother's ashes in it, Aww. and so so it is technically a person. So I can't <laughs> say that one. <laughs> but um, other than that, like I don't know. I just don't get attached to. Things I can't think of a thing that I like would, yeah, like have to have. I guess my phone, but I mean, I've, I've bro- broken a million phones. Right. I'm like, actually, it's not. I mean, mostly <laughs> just because it's expensive. Oh, I know my oven. I got a new. I like we redid our kitchen last year. Yeah, and I got a new oven, and it's like double oven, and it's got yeah. six burners, and it's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. And if someone tried to take it from me, right, they would have to like pry it out of my cold dead hands, <laughs> which is. Bring me to the story. Yeah. Well, so, I would maybe have to say then my hammock. If your hammock? I love my hammock so oh, much. I want a hammock. I have, an, I have an indoor hammock, and it's my favorite thing ever. That's a great idea. Yeah, because it's so buggy here. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, like, just trying to think of a place to put a hammock in my house right now. <laughs> put it on your uh, screen, your sun, sun porch. Like, ours is in our on our screen and porch, and it's so great. A hammock. Uh, I'm, like, I'll be, like, Ben... Uh, can you? I'll be in the hammock. Can you, I do it. I say, I'm like, I'm like, can you watch Max for like 30 minutes? I'm gonna go hammock. Oh, <laughs> and I just get in and I like nice. read or listen to podcasts. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so in May of 2018, uh, oh, this article is through Vice and it was written by Drew Schwartz. In May of 2018, Jared Cluding was out for a walk in Holland Township, Michigan, when the thief ran up to him, pulled out a pistol out of his waistband, and demanded his bag. Um, Now, this just wasn't any other bag. This was 
His prize, it says his prize knapsack. It was a $1,700 Louis Vuitton handbag. Oh, I'm just, I was picturing like, like a bindle. Like a transport. Uh, Oh no, like a, like a knapsack, like that. I I know we're not supposed to say hobos, but that's. Oh, like on a stick. Yeah, no, no, no. It's like his prize. His prize knapsack. No, it says, oh, and again, this is the second time we've used the word hobo. She's saying bow with a B. Oh, Hobo. Right. Which I actually think we're not supposed to say either word. I don't think you're supposed to say that anymore either. Okay. But, but you know what I'm saying, like a, yeah. uh, an yeah. old-timey person who rode the rails. Yeah. So he, um, so when he was faced with the choice between his life or his beloved Merce, they're calling it, man purse. Okay. Uh, Kludig didn't think twice. And this is his quote. I was like, you're not getting my Louis Vuitton. (laughs) (laughs) I worked very hard for this. And this bag, I've had it forever. And it means a lot to me. I wasn't about ready to relinquish it to some thug that was going to demand it from me. So uh, apparently the thief fired two warning shots and kept on pressing him for the bag. But for some reason, this, um, this guy was so hell bent on holding it that, um, he said the forces of evil, uh, in the article they say the forces of eagle, evil, forces of eagles, <laughs> flock of seagull. The forces of evil were locked in a tense battle with the divine, fabulous forces of good, and Cluding had no intention of giving in. Um, the perp fired a third shot, and this time he allegedly aimed it right at Cluding, but he still stood his ground. He said, I love Louis Vuitton, and I saw this bag long before I could buy it, and I saved up my money to buy it. It means a lot to me. It represents me. And eventually the thief ran off, and Cluding <laughs> called the cops to report what happened. Um, so he thinks that, you know, spiritual forces must have stepped in to... Uh, to like, bend the bullets? Yeah, like... <laughs> What's that movie with Keanu Reeves? Oh, Matrix? Like Matrix style. (laughs) Around the Louis Vuitton. And he said, I got my bag. You can pry it out of my cold, dead hands. So this was a story, a love story about a man and his nurse. Well, you can, if you want to point a gun at me, you can take my hammock. Yeah, you can. (laughs) Or my phone. I don't care. I really don't care. Oh, my God, I have to share this thing that my friend said to me the other day, and it was so funny. I fell out of my seat laughing. But my friend Kristen, shout out, Kristen, I know you listen to this podcast. I love Hi, you. Hi, Kristen. Um, she was saying that when she first moved here from New York, when she was, a ch- uh, like, a teenager, yeah. um, that she really isn't. She's the sweetest, kindest, like, she's not, like, a tough chick at right. all but there's something same thing happened to me like when i moved here my your accent people just like think that you're like a street thug when yeah. you move to the south with the these heavy new york accents so i don't really have mine anymore but um it comes out sometimes sometimes yeah <laughs> but Kristen, when she first moved here had a thick accent and she said that when um so she kind of leaned into it like when she for when she moved here like you know yeah. everybody expected her to be this like new york streetwise girl <laughs> so she was like i'll play the part if it means people are nice to me whatever right and so she said that um one day she was like had a like a crowd of people around her and she goes if it if it, how did she say it it was like if a thief comes up to you and he wants your money or your life, you give him your oh, your wallet or your life. You give him your wallet or you give him your life. <laughs> <laughs> that was my reaction. 
react. I like fell out of my chair laughing because she would never expect her to say something yeah. like this. And she said that I like everyone in the class that was around her was like, yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you give them your money, you give them your life. <laughs> so good. That's so Sorry, this story just reminded me of that. So <sighs> fucking funny. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love it. Um, that actually reminds me of a Dr. Dave Fox story. So <laughs> when we were in college, we were at this bar and she's like talking to these like skater dudes and she is pretending that she is also like a, a skater. skater <laughs> yeah. So she's like totally like, like these guys are like lapping it up. Like, oh, here's this hot girl. And she's talking about like, she's a skater too. And she, I hear her go, yeah, man, you got to sacrifice your body for the board. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my god! If you are listening and you have a dumb thing that you said to a dude one time, please oh send it in. Please send it. We've all said the dumbest shit. Yes, send it. In. Send it. Um, okay, here's my quickie. Okay, Jen, do you remember how and when how you felt and what was happening when you found out you were pregnant for the first time? Uh, yeah, I remember exactly what I was doing. Yeah, I it was New Year's Day. Oh. So the day after. Party, party time. Yeah. And then I was in the bathroom and I felt – I had that kind of hangover where I didn't even want to leave the bathroom because right. I was like, I'm like dying. So I was like, I'm bored in here. I'm just going to take a pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like – out of boredom and hangover, I just decided to take a pregnancy test that yeah. probably was sitting in there for like a year from like another scare like yeah. a long time ago. And then like I got in the shower and then when I got out, I forgot that I'd, it was even sitting there what? and I looked down at it and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so then I remember like running into um, – I was married to Zach, and I remember running into the bedroom being like, Zach, oh my God, look at this. And um, he was just like, I'm too hungover to <laughs> I can't even, deal. like, I can't, I'm like, I'm sure, his brain was short-circuiting, because yeah. he was like, I cannot process this right now. So you were not so, trying. No, we were not <laughs> trying, and it was, um, it was a very, it was a blessing, uh-huh. it was like, you know, we definitely like, you know, we were, we were married and if like, if it happened, yeah, you wanted we, we kids, would be super excited, like, yeah. but I definitely wasn't ready on New Year's Day of 2010 right. after like a huge like blowout party the <laughs> night before to receive that information. Yeah. I, I remember, so I was, I also had an, um, a blessing. Um, and because like we weren't trying, but I, and I had been traveling the entire month. Like it was like one of those months where I, I was like literally home for like two days uh-huh. and I had, I mean, I tell this joke on stage, but I recorded my, I recorded my album, which you can get on iTunes or Spotify. Um, <laughs> it's called Brooks was here. It's called Brooks was here. Um, and I recorded my album and like Ben came into town to like stay with me because I was recording it in Cincinnati and we were living in West Virginia at the time. So we like had a hotel and that was like the only night we were together the entire month. And that was definitely the night I got pregnant. And, but I, so I had been traveling all month. And so I hadn't really thought about like being late because I'm so regular. Like I'm so regular that the only times I've ever been late in my life are when I've been pregnant. Wow. Like I don't even track it. Cause I know it's like, I know in the calendar it's coming up. Um, 
so I realized I had like just flown around so much. And then I was like doing the math. I was in Cleveland doing shows and I was walking around this like super fancy gourmet market and I just gotten a coffee and I'm doing the math in my head. Like, Hmm, when was the last time I had my period? And I'm like, you know, trying to like go back and remember where I was when I had it. And I was like, Oh, I'm at least two weeks late. Oh wow. And I immediately just throw the coffee in the trash can (laughs) and I call Ben and I'm like, dude, do you think I'm pregnant? And he was like, well, I didn't really want to say anything until you got home because he knew I was late. He just was like, she's going to freak out. Oh, wow. Like she's, he was like, I was pretty sure, but, um, so he knew before I knew. And then that's crazy. I waited till I got home. He like knows you well enough to know when your cycle is. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, I'm so regular. Wow. I mean, I feel like my husband would, even after 10 years would have no idea. Yeah. He has no idea. And we, I don't even have any idea. Every right. month is a surprise. Oh, I feel like it's a surprise <laughs> for me, but I think he maybe knows a little better. I don't know, but it's That's always crazy. Yeah. Um, but so, okay. So imagine finding out that you were pregnant, not because you took a pregnancy test, but because your boyfriend took a test. Whoa. So that is what happened to basketball player BJ Cooper and his girlfriend. So BJ Cooper is a former Ohio University basketball star who uh-huh. went to Europe to play. He was playing in Moldova and he left the league in 2018 for quote unquote family reasons, which what do you, I don't, I'm always like, but that's drugs, right? Or that's what, I don't know, family reasons, something is hiding and coming out. I don't know what that ever means. I mean, or someone in your family is sick. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. I don't <laughs> think that's not what he, that was oh, okay, okay. No, um, so he, yeah, he'd been playing in Monaco, but, um, but so he was set to return later that year with the Bosnian team, but he never made it because instead he got a two year suspension in the league for failing a drug test, but it wasn't that he tested positive for drugs. It was that his drug test revealed that he was pregnant. Oh my gosh. And of course it's because the urine he was using his girlfriend was from his girlfriend <gasps> who did not know she was pregnant at oh the time. Oh my God. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So, yeah. okay. So now I get why you were suspicious of his family reasons. Yeah. Well, I so, just, I okay, feel so like he was trying to, he obviously was using drugs and was trying to get around it by using his girlfriend. Yes. So is there more? No, that's it. <laughs> well, that's still crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, Whoa. that's it. He's just suspended. I just, it just happened. So, um, you know, we'll keep you up to date on old BJ Cooper. Wow. That's not a girlfriend. Nuts. Hey, Sally. Yes, Jen. Are you ready for a crazy story? Yes. Okay, this one's real crazy. Okay. So, um Brigida Udo, she grew up in rural Oh, let me just start by saying actually that I most of um my this um, story came from Dateline NBC and also Fox 5 San Diego. Okay. Thank you to them. So good to know. <laughs> okay. So Birgitta Udo um, grew up in rural San Diego. Um, she grew up in – it was like a really safe town. It was like her and her mom and her dad who worked for U.S. Customs and her sister um, who was uh, two years younger than her. She they, she went to – so she grew up like feeling really safe. She went mm-hmm. to a Catholic school and she loved church. Uh, she ran cross country and was like an excellent student. In her senior year, she met another runner that was a year younger than her at a car show. Um, and his name was uh, Ray Udo. 
So, which is another cool name that I feel like uh, you should throw in your baby naming book. Oh, uh, race? Your baby, yeah, race. Okay. R-A-C-E. I don't know. Is that cool? Isn't it? I don't know. Maybe I mean, not. when I think of it like, as like running, it yeah. sounds cool. But then when I think of it as like. Like racial problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably like, not. Yeah, okay. You know let's, take Jen, let's take it back. Let's take it back. Just leave it to the expert. Okay. I'm not going to put it in my No, this baby is why you book. get paid big, big bucks yeah. to name babies. <laughs> um, so. He went to a different high school, and he had dreams of going to the Naval Academy in, in Annapolis, um, and they fell madly in love, um, and her family thought that he was good for her, too, because he was, like, a little more adventurous, and she was really into, like, studies and was a rule follower, yeah. you know, so he kind of, like, brought her out of her shell, they yeah, said, oh, so nice. they thought, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm well, waiting we'll to see. see what happens. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I'm like, wait, is this a love story? Perfect. No. Oh. Uh, so he went to um, the Naval Academy, but he had to withdraw uh, quickly because he had a like due to a problem with a hernia. Okay. Um, but then he went and joined the Navy. So in 2014, um, Ray and got married, and she soon became pregnant with their son. Um, so everyone was so happy and they were living what seemed to be like a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it seemed like it. So just before her son turned two years old, she started out of the blue to become really sick. Um, and she was it like, it was like a long running thing where she was in and out of doctors, just suffering for months. And uh, like out of nowhere, she would just become like violently ill and the doctors could not figure out what was going on. Um, they, they were like, you know, and I'm sure we've all been through where we have like some kind of problem and doctors are like, like, I feel like 99% of the time that I leave, a doctor's office they're like it could be right know. well i mean yeah <laughs> i mean it is crazy when you're like well the body is a mystery yeah <laughs> and so they thought you know it could be anything from fibroids to cancer you know yeah. they just couldn't explain it um and nothing was coming up they couldn't tell what it was they thought maybe it was stress you know she was you know she had a two-year-old son right I um, get that. she was looking for a new job in special ed and um she was a, t- a special ed teacher and all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden, on top of her illness, her she started losing chunks of her hair. Her oh hair just gosh. started falling out. And she was known for, like, her beautiful, long, mm-hmm. dark, gorgeous hair. And um, it just started coming out by the fistfuls. And she couldn't explain why. Um, and she, um, she actually, like... She lived in one house and right next to her, so kind of on the same property but two different houses, yeah. her parents lived next door. Um, and she could barely make it to her parents' house yeah. to, like, to say, I need to go to the hospital. Yeah. And her mother took her to the Naval Hospital in San Diego, um, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her at all. Um, but then her husband ended up taking her out of the um, Naval Hospital and took her to um, Kaiser hospital which was like a family hospital uh-huh. and she was assigned a doctor his name was dr jeff lapointe and um it's it's very rare that hospitals have these um medical toxicologists but he was a board certified medical toxicologist and he was like i'm determined to find out what yeah. is making you sick um and so it he immediately thought that she must have been a, a like it must be exposed to some kind of you know poison but he's right. not sure what like what is making her this sick and he was worried because you know she has a child and she has a husband and he's like we need to make sure they're not being exposed right. to it like he was is like, it something I'm in their Aaron home Brockovich. Yeah, yeah totally Aaron Brockovich. so he um 
he had them checked into a separate hospital and but nothing came up they weren't exposed to anything toxic um and because he was a medical toxicologist and he was very educated in these fields he was able he put together the fact that she not only had pain in her like the bottoms of her legs were Uh really um just were really, really, really sore and really painful. But because her hair was falling out, you know, a lot of people um, associate hair falling out with cancer, but it's not yeah. the cancer that makes it's the chemo. Right. That, it's, it's like the, the, radiation. the radiation that makes yeah. your hair fall out. So it immediately made him think of this substance that's called thallium. That's with a TH, thallium. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, thallium is a highly toxic medic- metal that was once used in um, insecticides and, like, rat poisoning, but it's now banned in the United States. Um, in, like, the – in the 1800s was when it was first discovered, and it was used actually as a depilatory. Like, if you had lice, you would take this thallium to make your hair fall out. Oh. Isn't that crazy? What? Like, shave your head, dude. Yeah. Like, and so it's so rare, like this substance is so, so rare that hospitals like never test test for it. it. They never do. But thank God she had this one doctor. Yeah. And so he knew that the only antidote for thallium is a substance. It's called Prussian blue. And um, Prussian blue is actually a pigment that's used in paint. Oh. And um and it's since the 1700s. Um, Van Gogh actually used it in Starry Night. Like it's that really deep, deep yeah. blue. Um, so you could buy the paint anywhere, like in any paint store. But medical grade Prussian blue is nearly impossible to get. Yeah. Um, because it's actually an antidote to radiation, um, which was discovered in 1965. They discovered that. So it, it speeds up the, uh, how it, it's an antidote is it speeds up elimination of poisons in your system. So when the government discovered that it was an antidote to radiation, they immediately like, ha- like put it all in lockdown and it. hoarded yeah. it. So it's like, it, it, it exists, but it is in like, like in, storage yeah. and locked down. So, and it's so hard to get. So they called every pharmacy they could imagine. In the meantime, because it's so hard to test for it, um, you can't test for it in hospitals. You, he couldn't get the answer right away. It took like three days yeah. to find out if she tested positive for thallium. In the meantime, she's just getting weaker and weaker and is like near death. Yeah. And, um, but he wants to have the antidote on him as soon as he gets the positive answer, which right. is so hard because they're not going to just give that up yeah. because it's so, it's so important. So, um, what's crazy too, is that, um, and so they called every pharmacy that they could imagine and, and they called the military and they finally found it, but they, the people wouldn't give it to him until it came back positive. So it was a race against time. And when, they were calling around, this is just a side note, that's something crazy. When yeah. they were calling around asking for the Prussian blue, this was in San Diego, it actually alerted the authorities because President Trump was scheduled to make a speech in San Diego that weekend about the border wall. So oh. all of a sudden there's these people calling around for Prussian blue, the antidote to radiation. Oh, so the government yeah. thinks like, what kind of fucking medical, like, or what kind of radiation... Right. Radioactive attacks are we looking at here? Like, what the fuck? Why did these people want? Yeah. But it was uh, all for this woman. Oh, that's um, crazy. Isn't it crazy? So, you know, whenever um, you do a story or I do a story, I always think of it as like, 
in the past, like years, years and years earlier. And then you're like, oh, President Trump. I'm like, oh, wait, okay. Yeah, this no, just this happened. Is, so this, she was sick in 2018. Okay. So very You probably recent. said that and I just. I don't think I did. I said that they married in 2014, but okay. 2018 was when all this happened. I should have said that. It would have just prevented this whole little thing that you just had here. <laughs> I had to put my mind. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> okay. So, um, so Brigida, her family was like devastated. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with her, and she just kept getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And she was losing her vision. She lost all of the feeling in all of her extremities, and she could barely talk. Um, so the test came back, and it did say that she had over a thousand times the acceptable level of thallium in her blood. Yeah. So now they have to figure out how the fuck is this happening. Right, because it's a super rare substance, right? Yes. And so they immediately put her on lockdown and wouldn't allow any visitors. Like, not if everybody is a suspect. Yeah. Because they couldn't chance somebody coming in and giving it more to her or, like... So do they think she was, like, ingesting it? Well, so... I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being curious. (laughs) So um, I'm just asking the questions that our listeners are asking. I will answer you. So they put her on dialysis and they were able to give her the Prussian blue, but they had no idea if this would even work. You know, if it was, if they caught, if they got it in time or if if, if it would do anything. Um, And so they needed to know how she was being poisoned in order to treat her better. So they tried asking her and she could barely talk, you know, and she tried so hard to like answer them. And she said, well, I had these holistic treatments in Mexico and they looked into that and that wasn't the case. And she was like, well, I worked in an old school that used to be an army base. Maybe there was old traces of, Uh um, Rat poison, because during World War II, which this was around during World War II, the school, they used thallium as uh, rat poison. Oh, okay. So they were like, maybe that was it. And then she said, you know, the last year at my school, like a lot of teachers were out sick. You know, maybe everybody is exposed to it. But they looked into that and that wasn't it. They searched her house. They found nothing. Um, They even thought that maybe she could be poisoning herself. You know, some oh, people, yeah. like, if they're depressed, they right. could do that. And so um, they even explored that. They just couldn't figure out what was going on. And um, and her family, of course, was like, she would never, ever do that. She right. would never do that. Exactly. Yeah. And they were like, it has to be an, um, an intentional poisoning um, because it's really hard. Uh, like, because thallium is so hard to trace or diagnose that, like, if someone was using this, it they were trying to kill her. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so the doctors um so they were able to find traces of it in her digestive tract. So they did know that somebody was feeding it to her. Um, so again, like I said, they wouldn't let anybody in the room and they wouldn't let anybody visit. So even her husband was not allowed to visit her. Her child wasn't yeah. able to visit. Nobody was. Um, so they worked day and night to save her. And she survived. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I know. She said that she knew that she was dying, but she just had to fight for her son. Like, she felt herself slipping, but she yeah. just knew that, like, I have to stay alive for my child. I've been wanting a crazy story that and where no one died. <laughs> yes, I know. Although I do have to say this is, like, our, like, fifth poison story. Yeah. And I feel like we should just change 
the title of our podcast to like dumb poison 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 everywhere <laughs> why is this such a thing it's just insane there's so many poisoning stories i'm I guess not eating there's... anymore i've lost like 10 pounds <laughs> i wish i'm kidding i wish i lost 10 pounds so um so she's um so she yeah so she knew that she was dying but she had to fight to stay alive for her son and um they didn't they told her too they're like you're you know you're doing okay but we don't know what your recovery is going to be like right this is such a strange thing we don't know how it like you know you could be able to see again or maybe not but like over time gradually like one day she could see um herself like the words on her cell phone yeah and then gradually she could see um the television mm-hmm. and she says in the um on dateline she says how important it was to her when she could see the like sony on the television like on the bottom yeah like that she could see so far away and she could see into like the hallway and then she was able to walk into the nurse's station and so she gradually just got better like she's so strong and she just got better and better and better um but she couldn't think of anyone that would want to poison her it right. just like she's like this sweet yeah special ed teacher yeah she couldn't yeah. understand and but she was also really scared because they were about to lift the ban on visitors and she, what happens when she goes home you know right. what i mean like they thought she didn't uh, think that it could be anybody she mm-hmm. knew but they were looking into like is it her sister is it her husband is it whatever yeah and so um and then she was afraid of like when she was um so she mentioned to the them when they were um, investigating that, you know, it wouldn't have been my husband. He was the one that, like, took me to the hospital. You know, mm-hmm. he takes care of me and he brings me food uh-huh. and stuff. And so, and here's a weird thing. Race, it turns out, had a weird hobby, which was collecting plant seeds that are used to make poison. What the what? fuck kind of hobby is that? Why, why was that not the first thing that they I were like, know. okay, it was him, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> and so, like, so they had to, like, look into that. But she was just so, she just never suspected her husband. She right. just didn't understand how. So um, 16 days while she, after she was still in the hospital and, um, you know, there was still a ban, so he couldn't come see her. But they felt like they had enough, the police felt like they had enough evidence to at least get a search warrant for his house. Yeah. So when they went, um, they went to his house and they said that he seemed really fidgety and they asked if they could copy his cell phone. And, you know, would you mind if we took this then, if you right. have nothing to hide? And they said that um, he was like, yeah, you can, but just so you know, I recently deleted all of my search history on all of my devices. All just, of them. Just, all, just so you know, you can, but there's nothing on there. And so then they searched his car... And they found acetone and packets of exotic seeds, but nothing else. So they, um, you know, so, um, but then his, her, because her parents lived on the same property, yeah, they came out and they were like, hey, wait a second, wait a second. Um, just so you know, we saw him toss out a bat, a black bag in the trash and the sister went and got the bag. Well, yeah, good so for the her. Sister, yeah. Hell She's yeah. A hero. So she went and got the bag and inside the bag were receipts um, for these like exotic seeds and evidence that he bought all these seeds to make poison. He bought castor beans, which are used to make ricin, which uh-huh. is a poison, uh, rosemary, rosary peas, and then something from, um, and then 
something from this thing called the Suicide Tree of India, like another cool. seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a cool hobby. What a cool hobby, race. And so, um, and then they found two books uh, that were crim- called Criminal Poisoning and the Poisoner's Handbook, but they didn't find any thallium. Yeah. And so because they didn't find any thallium, but they found all those other things, which like, what the fuck? If you were the husband and you didn't do it, say that you didn't right. do it, you would be like, I know this looks crazy, <laughs> but I have this weird hobby and here's all my books and yes. you do some, but I swear to God, I didn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like the fact that he didn't like never didn't offer it yeah. was yeah. just like, oh, you found out about this? Yeah, no big deal. I mean, I threw all that away. <laughs> and so race was still free because they couldn't find thallium. But they went and they warned Brigida because they wanted her to be aware. Like, look, they brought her all this evidence and they're like, look, your husband, it very much looks like he's trying to kill you. Yeah. And she still was like, I like, I don't think that he is, but continue with your investigation. But I need more proof. Right. I need more proof. So they kept digging into it. And they found out that Race Udo had a girlfriend mm-hmm. um, that thought that Brigida was dead. So he had a girlfriend that thought that he was a widow. Were a widow so he were. was like, oh, I don't want to lie to my girlfriend. Yeah. So I should just kill, kill her, my I wife guess. and become yeah. a widower. Yeah. So he had. So apparently, this woman he had taken their son on so many dates with this woman that he, the son was referring to this woman as mom. <gasps> No. I know. As a mom, that makes me want to... I always say flip this table. I want to flip this table. (laughs) I'm going to flip this sushi (laughs) in your face. (laughs) I'm going to take my computer. I'm going to step on it. And I'm going to flip this fucking table. But that would make me... I mean... Even poisoning aside, if I found out my husband was cheating on me and taking... Like a woman uh, taking my children to meet this right? woman, and they called her mom. No, like you would have to put me in jail. Yeah, preemptively because <laughs> I would murder. Um, I would minority report you. If oh, I find that out that happens. Minority report me. Minority it's for the best. You. It's for the best. <laughs> I'm just gonna play them back. This recording. Oh my god! Like she's gonna kill him for real. Yes, I would. And first. So, Let's watch for out from my table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not going to flip your table. Flip my table. Um, so he also had another girlfriend that he had told that he wanted his wife to get hit by a bus and die. Oh, cool. Yeah. It, and she was like, <laughs> so fun. I, I wish he's, that too. I mean, he's cute. Um, he's a really good listener. Um, so you were trying to get me to name baby's race. I knew that was wrong. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Get it. Totally. So they gave him a polygraph, and they said that um, he was, like, hyper-confident, like, kind of like, like, got this, I got this, like, mm-hmm. when he was doing the test. But the, he, they said that the uh, polygrapher, is it polygrapher or polygrapher? I would polygrapher? Polygrapher. I know. Polygrapher sounds like, like polygamist. Yeah. Polygamist, yeah. Well, I don't know words. Uh, so the tester stopped him and like got in his face. Was like, I know you're lying. It's all over the test. I know you're lying. And that right then and there, he just confessed. Oh, really? He just totally confessed. He said that he'd been feeding her thallium for months. And um, that why won't she die? Yeah. And um, he was arrested for attempted murder, and he was tried three times. So he was um, found guilty um, for three counts of attempted murder. Oh, okay. 
Um, because he he tried three times to kill her. Oh, gotcha. Her. Okay. Yeah, I thought sorry. you were saying I said, he I was... did say he was tried. He tried three times to kill her, so and he, he was charged three counts. Three, three counts. Gotcha. Um, so um, when then when, you know, all this evidence came out, she thinks back to this time, and she goes, <laughs> well, there was this one time that he made her a breakfast sandwich, and the son came up and wanted a piece of it, and he freaked out and was like, no, do not let him eat any of this breakfast sandwich. Uh just because there's eggs in it, and I bet he doesn't like. He didn't right. really say that. I'm just ad libbing yeah, here. Yeah. But I mean, that's red flag, right? I mean, maybe not for like a young toddler. Like, don't let him. I guess maybe like oh, I might choke. I don't know. I mean, yes, it's a red flag in retrospect. But I don't think in normal life, if I wasn't suspecting my husband of, I would just be like, oh, that's weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. But I'm always suspecting everyone trying to kill me. <laughs> everyone. Um, so don't murder around Jen because she <laughs> suspects you. Um, so he, uh, so he was found guilty on three counts of attempted murder, and he will serve 21 years to life. Um, she, while she did file for divorce, um, she is still legally married to him at this moment. So, but she's getting bitter and she's running again, which is amazing. Like this woman is strong as hell and her hair is growing back and she just wants to live life to the fullest. She even went skydiving. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, Brigida. Um, so she's, she's doing great. She's doing wonderful. She just needs her divorce to finalize. But like, holy shit, this guy. What? What? Just hell? fucking file for divorce. I don't. I know. Why? Why? I don't know. I don't know, and I'll never understand it. But thank God she survived, and thank God she is so strong. Or he probably would have gotten away with all of this because thallium is so hard right. to trace. And and just as like, I mean, look, we all have weird hobbies, and it's not like you can't be with somebody who has a weird hobby because you should. But. If your partner has a hobby of collecting poison, then just be careful about what you eat. <laughs> no your kidding. Own food. Like, no joke. If if she taught us anything, Brigitte, 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 just check your food. Check your food. Yeah. Lock up your poisons. Lock up your poisons. That's a crazy story. I know. Okay. Hey, Jen. Hey, Sally. Are you ready for a love story? I am ready for a love story. Okay. Now listen. I appreciate that you told a crazy story where no one died. Yeah. And now you're going to tell a love story where somebody dies? No. Okay. But I do want to say that this is a little bit of a heart wrencher. But happy ending? It has a happy ending. Like, I'm going to take you there. Okay. Happy town? (laughs) I'm taking happy town. Happy town. But I think it's a story that really speaks about enduring love and kind of the work that love and marriage can be. Uh Uh-huh. So, okay. Okay. This is a story of Angela and Jeff Hartung. Um, I'm sure that I'm saying that wrong. It's H-A-R-T-U-N-G. Would you say Hartung? I I know I'm saying it. Like, I feel like I'm like emphasizing the T and that seems wrong. We'll just call them Jeff and Angela. Okay. Jeff and Angie, you know, my friends. (laughs) Um, So they met... Angela. (laughs) Angela. (laughs) They met in Bible class at their local church. And when they got married in 2001, they were a little bit of like a Brady Bunch couple because they Uh both had two young children. And this was like, they were, you know, mixing the families. And Angela had actually lost her first husband in 1998 from heart and lung disease. Um, 
but her kids were like, I mean, maybe like four or five. I mean, they were young, very young when her husband died. And Jeff and Angela had a pretty typical marriage. Like they loved each other, but they, it was tough. You know I mean? They had these four kids that they were trying to blend together in a family and they got, you know, they became teenagers and grew up. And, um, and in 2012, they hit kind of like a rough patch in their marriage. They don't really say what was going on, but I can just imagine like the kids are moving out of the house. Like they're becoming empty nesters. I think it happens to a lot of couples. Um, but Angela's daughter, Abigail was 17 and she had been accepted into the training program at the SLK ballet company in New York city. Um, so Angela actually moved, they were from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't think I said that, but so, um, Angela moved from Tulsa to New York City to help her daughter because her daughter was underage. So this was like, a, I think, a high school training program. So um, I just made that up 100%, but her daughter was 17. So she moved uh-huh. to New York City with her um, to help her daughter live her dream because this was a prestigious training company. And Angela and Abigail had a little apartment on the Upper West Side. And to fill her time, Angela took a job as a part-time nanny. Um, on October 25th, Angela was waiting for her bus home. Um, and this day they realized the, there was a presidential visit happening in the city. Um, so her bus was canceled. So she waited for a while and then she realized what was happening and, um, and she started walking home to her apartment. So she was crossing the street at 72nd street and New York Avenue. Um, she was actually crossing against the light, which everybody does. Uh-huh. Um, and then she was hit by an NYPD traffic enforcement vehicle. Oh, no. And it was a really bad accident. Like, oh, her head went through the windshield. Oh, God. She was thrown to the ground. Um, she was unconscious. She was bleeding heavily. She was unresponsive. She was not bleeding. But fortunately, there was a, um, a fire department ambulance that was at the intersection. So it was there, saw it happen. And they, the, the crew that was on that ambulance, like, quickly restored her breathing right away. And she actually got to a hospital in just seven minutes, which in wow. her case was literally a difference between life and death, like any longer. And she probably wouldn't have survived. Um, so her injuries were really extensive and she was on life support. She was in a coma for four weeks. And during that time, like the doctors were not sure if she was going to survive. So Jeff, for his part, says that he just went into like automatic crisis mode, which you can imagine like, yeah. um, you know, we have friends that had a a baby, the very preemie. And yeah. I remember talking to him, um, our friend Andrew about it and he, just saying like, you know, when he was in the, their baby was in the NICU who their baby is amazing and adorable. And when he was in the NICU, they were just kind of in the survival mode. Like we have to yeah. go, we just have to be strong for them. And then once he got out of the NICU was when they really felt, started feeling like all of this, like stress from the experience, you right. know? So like, that is kind of what I'm thinking about. Like for Jeff is like, he is just like, I got to get shit done. Like I need to be Angela's advocate. Um, so, and he was in New York and he was still trying to do his job full time in Tulsa because to get health insurance. Yeah. And, um, so he is like, he is there. He never left her side. Um, and the time when she was in a coma was horrible, but, and it was, so it was a relief when she woke up. So she was transferred, um, to Mount Sinai hospital, once she got out of the coma for recovery, which parenthetically is where I gave birth to Max at Mount Sinai. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, which is a beautiful setting. It's like right on Central Park. Yeah. yeah it's really it's nice. Very nice. Hospital. Um, we also paid, like, 
I think I, I don't know if I told you this, but I, so I gave birth like three weeks early and I was like completely not expecting it. I mean, my water broke and I was just like, Oh, what's that? You know, it was uh-huh. like, oh, I'm just, I drove myself to the hospital and got there and they were like, okay, oh, yeah, you're having a baby today. And I was oh, like, I'm not in labor. And they were like, yeah, you need to call your husband. I was like, oh, okay. Like, And then, oh, wow. so I'm like having the baby and we hadn't even done any of the like hospital tours because I was like completely in, I was like in denial that I was having a baby. So I just hadn't done any classes. I hadn't done anything. We didn't, hadn't, yeah, hadn't met with like to see what the hospital, like any of that. So they're like, um... We need to ask you, you don't, we don't see it on your form, but do you want a private, do you want to have a private room? Because if you don't have a room by yourself, the baby can't stay in the room with you and your partner can't stay overnight. Your partner has to go home. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I want a private room. Yes, I want yeah. a private room. And they were like, okay, well, the only way we have is on top of your insurance and everything you pay for $850 a night. Oh, wow. On top. So we made, we were like, what? It's like the most expensive place we've ever stayed. We're like, well, we got a view of Central Park. So. You should have just like had your baby at the Four Seasons. I know, right? Oh they were like, God. are you sure your husband doesn't want to just like go to like a hotel or something? Because I mean, I just was like, we we lived in yeah. Queens and this was like, it, it was just have been a, I just couldn't imagine at that moment my husband not being there. Yeah, and also, of course. You just say yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we were like, whatever it takes, you know. Um, I think if I had another kid, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you guys should go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's save that money for something else. But um, anyway, so they transfer her to Mount Sinai. And but because she's now up awake from her coma, it's like her, the extent of her injuries are becoming apparent. So they knew about the physical in- injuries. Like she had multiple fractures to her face and to her nose. She lost teeth. She broke, um, uh, some bones on her eyes. Oh. Um, there were like trauma to her arms, legs, head. But when they awoke, they discovered that Angela had also suffered extensive nerve damage. She was partially blind to both eyes. She had, um, lost some of her hearing and probably, the most shocking was she had had a traumatic brain injury. And as part of that, she couldn't remember the past 17 years of her (gasps) life. Oh my gosh. So she knew she was married, but she thought she was married to her first husband. Oh, wow. So her last memories of her kids were from 17 years earlier. So when her daughter came to the hospital room, she didn't know who she was. She was like, you, she thought her daughter was still a baby like her daughter was one the last time she had any is so isn't that crazy can you imagine like all of a sudden like waking up and and sully's like 30 you'd be like what the hell and why no yes so she was confused like why her kids were so old she she had no memory of her stepkids who she had like been raising for the last 12 years like that is to me, I'm like that. So she woke up and she saw Jeff and she thought that he was her doctor and she asked him to go get her husband. Oh. Isn't that heartbreaking? Yeah. So not only is she like confused and injured, but she like now has to learn that her first husband died, like relearn it. Oh God. And it was as if she was just hearing the news and she had to mourn it all over again. And if that wasn't hard enough, she also had to learn that her father had died a oh. couple years before her accident. So she's like- what the fuck, you know? Um, and Jeff, who is like a complete stranger to her now, he never left her bedside. He just sat with her and he explained over and over every detail of their lives. And for two years, they focused on her recovery, like both physical injuries 
and from the emotional trauma of losing her memory. Um, he helped her grieve the loss of her first husband, uh, grieve the loss of her father, and grieve the feeling that she hadn't been part of raising her children. Oh, my gosh. Um, so they actually were both told over and over that traumatic brain injury ends in divorce about 85% of the time. But Angela and Jeff were committed to making their marriage work. And for Jeff, that meant courting Angela all over again. Um, he said, we had to start all over again, friendship, trust, affection, hope, faith. Um, he said, all the things that which build a relationship the first time. I was 100% responsible for making it all happen again, as she just wasn't capable the few years following the accident. So about two years in, they started going on dates. Like she was feeling well enough. He would show her photos and videos of their life, and he would take her to special places that he used to frequent together. And he would take her on walks to places that he knew would be familiar to her. And he called them memory walks. Uh And they would like walk around and sometimes she would say, oh, I think I remember this place. And he would like take her in. And that was kind of like how um, she never actually has regained her memory all the way. Actually, most of it is gone. But she does remember little snippets now. But they started calling everything a date. So they would be like, let's go on a date. And like even going to the grocery store. And so they started doing everything together. And part of it was that she needed his help. But also part of it was that they were truly enjoying each other's company again. Like they were, had been kind of at a bad place where they were in their relationship and now they were rediscovering their love for each other. And Angela said like every single day is about making new memories. I'm very fortunate because I get to do that. Like I, my life wasn't taken and now I'm (sighs) taking advantage of it. And in June of 2018, the couple, surrounded by their family, physicians who had helped with recovery, and a few tourists, um, Jeff and Angela returned to New York City um, to renew their wedding vows in Central Park. And the officiant, um, who was a friend of theirs from church, said, you can't be around Jeff and Angela for any amount of time without a smile on your face. And Jeff says that it was so much harder the second time. I had to win her heart. Um, And he took the challenge. He said, like, this time I need to do it better. Um, and Angela said that she looks back on the accident with just like a bit of appreciation for where it took the relationship. She says, I honestly believe this happened for a reason. Um, and they now believe like their lives and relationship are all a part of a journey and that they're committed to taking these steps together. Like they're actually very, it's kind of, it was like very refreshing. Like they were very much like, this is hard. This has been, this is a relationship is hard anyway. This has been hard and we are not like at some like magical yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not like this was like, like a fantasy yeah it's they, not a fairy yeah. tale ending it's just like we are now but we are committed to being in this together and recovering together right and um and uh and jeff said like the wedding was like a way to move forward together he said it's a transition we're transitioning from where we've come and where we're going we're going to remember the past but we're not going to dwell in the past And he said that people don't always get to see the grace and mercy and love that can come out of tragedy, but we want to show that other things can come out of tragedy as well. So that is the story. Oh, I love it. That's the closest I've come to crying. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It almost melted my cold, cold heart. Oh, my God. I love that story. Yeah. so sweet. Isn't that sweet? God. I mean, it's like heartbreaking. Well, it just happened, right? I was going to say like... I, it, I can't believe it's not a movie, but it's pretty recent. Yeah. So they, well, they, it happened in 2013, but then I think kind they of the press around it. Yes. Wow. The, got married again. And, um, 
I actually, so I, I used a bunch of different articles about it. There was um, one from Babel, one from People, and then um, another one from DNA Info, which is like a big um, website in New York, a lot of New York City news. Wow. Um, so I will put all of those on our website if you want to read more about this amazing couple and um, kind of their their commitment to moving forward together, which I think is so awesome. It is so awesome. I love it. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to do um, things that are dumb and things that we love? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Or I, I will go first? start. Do it. Um, so the thing I'm going to start with love is I love that. Um, I don't think I haven't even told you this yet, but I am officially officiated to marry people. What? Yeah. So I'm going to marry my cousin Jen and Aww. my friend Will. I love that. Will Newton, he's a comedian. Um, that's how they met is because uh, I... You introduced them? Yeah. So I, um, it was a show and Will and I were on it together. Yeah. And then Jen came to the show and afterwards she texted me and she goes, oh my God, who is that guy with the like blue, like blue striped shirt and whatever? I'm smitten. And like a total asshole... <laughs> I screenshotted it uh-huh, and, and sent I sent it, it to Will and I said, you're single, right? And he go and he was like, oh my God, which one was your cousin? And I said, she's the one with the dark hair and blue eyes that was sitting in the front. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, I'm totally interested. So then <laughs> I, single. I screenshotted that and I sent it back to Jen and she was like, I'm going to kill you, but yay. Yeah. And, you know, so it worked. And so, um, you know, whereas most people will be so mad yeah. for, and it's it's a dick move. It was a risky move, but it paid I love that off. because it's like from the get, they're like 100% on like honest ground. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, there's yeah. There's no playing games. Like they're there both never was. into each other. Totally. And you did that. Yeah. Good for you. And so they, they were just from the minute they met, just so – they're the perfect couple. They're so madly so in love. Cute. And I'm so grateful because now Will's a part of my family and yeah. I love him so much. And he has to come to all of – so now, like, it makes, like, family dinners and stuff, like, even more fun because right. I will. <laughs> and so um, – and I love I love everybody in my family, but I'm just saying it's just kind of fun to have a friend there, you know? Yeah. And now he's going to be in my life forever, and I'm so excited. And so they asked – they came to dinner at my house um, a few months ago, and then they um, they asked me if I would officiate it. And so I'm so excited to do it, and I'm so excited that I, I my my certificate just came in. Yeah. And so I I'm excited. It. That's the thing that I love. The thing that is dumb is then the other day I was at my parents' house, and all my siblings were there except for Bobby because he's in LA. But um, <laughs> I, they were like, so you're going to – are you sure you can do this? Like, And they're all like, <laughs> like I can't – because my – Aunt Rosemary wants there to be like, you know, Bible verses and right. stuff. And I'm going to do that. I'll do it. It's yeah. fine. And so they're all like, you're going to do Bible verses? I don't, I don't see that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to like burst into flames. Right. I'm not the devil. <laughs> like, and I never said it. I, I do believe in God. It's just in my own way. I right. just like, but I just don't like shout it from the rooftops. It's just like, I think for me, religion is like a, personal thing and yeah you know but i'm not the fucking saint worshiper <laughs> and so the thing that's dumb is how much they're all like just waiting for me to like oh, fail on it's this it's so funny like 
um, family dynamics. Like, I feel like you can never get out of it. Like, never. I am like the little sister. I'm always like kind of flighty and late and like whatever. And I feel like I can never, like, that is my, that is for life. Like, whatever my mom always says, she'll be like, oh, I don't know if I want to get you that shirt because I know you hate ironing. And I'm like, when I was 15, (laughs) I had to iron because it was my uniform shirt, but like, I'm an adult now. Yeah. And I'll always be like the middle child punk kid that's always like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they think I'm like so so evil. Uh, but uh, I don't know, goth girl or whatever. Maybe it's but because you constantly talk about murder. That's probably it. That is it. That is true. That's probably it. They don't quite understand that. But I'm also like a really nice person. You are a really but, nice um, person. So I'm like, so that's dumb that they all kind of are looking at me like, I can't believe you're going to do this. Like, are you sure you can do it? Yeah. But I. I'm going to do it. I'm going to officiate the shit out of that yeah. shit. I'm going to marry the hell out of that. Make everyone cry. Yeah. Everybody's going to cry so hard. <laughs> and if any of you want to get married, let me know. Because I it. can do it now. Let I say, can Jen do it. It's open for business. Pastor Jen. <laughs> Pastor Jen. Like, I'm going to name your kids. Jen's going to marry you. This is going to be our side business until yeah. the podcast takes off. <laughs> let us make your dreams come true. Yeah. We're in it. Um, well, I have something, um, dumb and that I love mostly that I love. Um, so the dumb thing is, is that Ben, my husband and I, we have not, we've only gone on one proper date the entire year we've lived in Atlanta. Oh yeah. Yeah. I isn't offered that, to watch the baby. I know you did. Yeah, and, an but isn't me. that, yeah, that's sad. I mean, we've gone on like day dates, like, cause we'll go sometimes when he's in daycare, but yeah, it's, it blows my mind. We just, yeah, we've been, um, recovering financially from living in New York City. Oh, so we've God, been really trying to like save our train, money. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and that is like kind of the way. But, but what I love is that when this episode comes out, I will hopefully have just come back from a magical weekend away with my husband. Wahoo. Yeah. So it's just, you know, to let you guys know, we're pre recording this a little bit because I have a ton of stuff going on in September. But, so if I pull it off, it will have been a total surprise. Hell yeah. And I've never done that before, but like... Well, okay, you better not air this before you go then. No, I looked at the calendar and okay, it's not okay. air. It's like the Some day after we balls. get back. Okay. Or I will I will take it out and okay. just be like, oh, I guess Sally didn't love anything this week. <laughs> um, so I'm sure he has like some kind of you know, inkling that something's happening, but yeah. I'm like, but I got, I like got my dad and my stepmom are going to come up and watch Max for the weekend. And, That's um, and I got a cabin in the woods and, <gasps> um, and we're just going to like hike and drink and sleep. And I'm so excited. Um, and the, what the weekend was a gift for Ben's birthday, which when this episode drops is tomorrow. Oh, yay. And it's a big birthday. And I always stress about what to get him and what to do for him because, and it's not that he is like hard to buy for. He's actually, it's just that like he deserves so much and he asks for so little and he does so much for our family. And I just like, I I just want to like give him something to show him like how amazing he really is and how important he is to me. Even though I think we are like, as a couple, pretty good at communicating that with each other. But, you know, he is like the kind of person who just, he shows his love by doing things. He's so good at like just doing, you know, Uh and I just want to do the same for him. So, um, so tomorrow is his birthday and happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ben. 
love him so much. He's such an amazing person. And, um, and I hope that our weekend was, <laughs> I hope it was great. <laughs> it really good. I don't want to jinx it by talking about it now, but I'm so, well, we'll talk about excited. it on the next, uh, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe okay, it depends yeah, yeah. on, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it eventually. <laughs> uh, or we won't. If you don't hear about it again, things went real wrong. <laughs> I maybe got attacked by a bear. I don't know. Um, Okay. Well, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. It, it, we've been having writing yes, so much fun Thanks interacting for, with you guys lately. Yeah. Like on Instagram, it's been awesome. Uh, your write-ins, your ratings and reviews like just mean so much to us. It really, we have been like blown away by how well the podcast is doing. And that is because you guys are like really embracing it and sharing it. And that is like just so important. And I so thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Get out there and do something dumb for love. Dum da dum 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 da dum da dum dum.